What an off season. What an off season. Not not just in baseball terms, but uh, other terms. Other current events. Indeed. This is the Rockaroo back for third season. The doubters said it wouldn't happen. But they were wrong. Just when you thought we were done. Boom. Back into it. Yeah, a little rusty. I feel a little rusty, but that's okay. Uh, here we are, the season three of the Rockaroo. This is the Rockaroo, a Colorado Rockies podcast for the fan by the fan. If you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we do have the first two seasons are available on the rockaroo.com. And season two is available on basically all major platforms, your iTunes, your Spotify's, um, you know, Slacker, I think is a thing out there. Um, and, and a lot, a lot of other options. So, um, the Rockaroo doing its best to expand its, uh, its, its fan base, I suppose. And I think now is, you know, kind of got to capitalize on the goings-ons of the world right now. Yeah, everyone's going to be trying to get their baseball fix in. And uh, the, the these podcasts are the way they're going to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can, uh, you know, we both are, are quarantined. Um, you know, we're in separate rooms here recording. So, you know, we can, that's the beauty of the podcast. You can record it. Um, in a room, you can edit it in a room and you can send it out from a single room and then you can listen to it in a room. Um, and, and you can buy pra- yourself. Yep. You can practice safe social distancing and, uh, stay away from groups listening to the Rockaroo. Though I would do like your part, do your part. Yeah. I would like, you can listen to it while you wash your hands. Uh, maybe we'll set up a 20 second, uh, the twenty second rundown. We'll do a twenty <laughs> second rundown that you can you can loop and throw on every time you you wash the hands. Um, but it would be cool someday in the future, in the future to have a you know to record one of these episodes with a audience with a large audience. That would be good. Get a little uh, get the uh, the energy from the laughter. And the enthusiasm <laughs> of an audience while we run down what's going on with the Rockies and and uh, keep everyone informed of how awesome they're doing, right? Correct. You know, I bring up the uh, the podcast doing it in front of a live audience, but I have heard other podcasts do that, and it's kind of weird. So I don't know. Um, maybe I misspoke there, but you don't huh, know, you until, never know you, until you try. Uh, hey, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Well, so let's What do you want to do? Let's get right into Rockies news. Hit us up. So, uh, the Rockies are not participating in spring training as is all, you know, MLB. They have decided to go ahead and give their players the option to whether, whether they can return or leave spring training or stay at spring training. So if they do stay, though, they will be doing workouts uh, or will allow them to work out, but it's really going to be every player's choice. So that's how 
the uh, coronavirus is affecting our Colorado Rockies. And that's the, the updated news as we sit here right now. So really, uh, as far as news is concerned, there's a, there's a lot of Rockies news. That's obviously the forefront of everything right now. MLB canceling spring training, delaying the start of the season by two weeks. So what are your thoughts on that? How does How are they going to handle that? Are they going to readjust the actual games played this season? Or are they just going to push push it back two weeks to the end of the season? Well, you, you know, I was thinking about that before we, we got on the mics here. And I don't know. I Because I think one... One thing right now is, you know, the two-week delay is just, I think it's kind of tentative. It could be longer. Uh, ho- right. Hopefully yeah. it is not. Hopefully it is not. But it's it, you raise a great question because what are they going to do? Are they, are they then going to go, <clears throat> excuse me, two, two more weeks into October for the regular season and then that pushes the playoffs into November? Two weeks is, is quite some time. And then not only not only is the 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 start of the regular season delayed by the two weeks, but also these last two weeks of spring training canceled. So what are they going to do? Are they going to fire up after those first two weeks um, <clears throat> of the season are through? Are they just going to jump right into games, or are they going to do a, an extra week or two weeks of of spring training to get everyone warmed back up? I mean. Right, that's the whole idea of spring training to begin with, and uh, four weeks. If you count two plus two is four, that's a, a quite some time to not be playing. And yeah, workouts are workouts, but uh, it's not game situation. So I think, I think that for me, there's a lot uh, unanswered there. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I don't know what I would prefer. When it comes down to it, uh, obviously, best case scenario means that the first game would be played, I guess, on for the Rockies on April 9th, which would be that second week in April because the season starts this year on the 26th or was scheduled to anyways. But yeah, do you jump right into it like, and just let them kind of work out their spring, their normal spring training warm up in the regular season? Uh, do you just completely push back the schedule? Uh, so you re redo the whole schedule or do you just pull those first, however many series out and tack them on to the end of the year? Or do you just cancel them and not play those? There's a lot of options. And again, that's, that's assuming best case scenario. So, um, I think, I mean, not to be, I'm not going to be a, a doomsday guy, but I would say that it's safe to say there will be an MLB season. It's not like NBA and NHL and and these these sports that were already in their season that are just going to call it quits and it all NCAA sports. But there will be a season because it's just so long and you're not going to want to, economically speaking, just from an economic standpoint, you're not going to shut it down for for the entire season just because of the what's going on right now you're going to assume it will eventually dissipate out and and things will get back to normal to some extent. Yeah, that that's the definitely the the you know, the hope, the the faith 
part about everything here. So if you were Bobby Manford, <laughs> or what, what would your, like if you were on the hot seat and you had to make a recommendation, what would your recommendation be for moving forward? Assuming, let's say, assume everything gets cleared up and, and it's safe to get back to action around the middle of April. Well, you know, I think, I think maybe you could do a combo of two things. And this just came into my head right here as you were talking. And so I haven't spent a lot of time thinking it out, but maybe you just, you eliminate all interleague games. Ooh, you eliminate, I like that. Yeah. You eliminate interleague play and then you see where you are. I don't know how many games is that. I don't, I don't have the schedule in front of me. It's probably what, uh, three, six, nine, twelve, twelve to twelve to eighteen games. So that's a yeah. good. That's a couple weeks right there, right? Uh, yeah. So I think maybe you start there and then go from there and then see where that takes you. Um, into into October, but again, you know, I think obviously everything is being evaluated every day. And if the, you know, it's the, it's kind of a classic case. I think right now where we are is things are going to get a little worse before they start to get better. Um, just in terms of, of numbers and statistics of, of, um, you know, coronavirus cases. And I don't think anything is going to happen, happen until those numbers start to go down or even level out. So I think right now it's we're kind of like a holding pattern. But yeah, if I were Robert Manford, I'd start looking at the schedule and wiping out interleague games, maybe look at um, eliminating four-game series and just take those to three-game series, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know, I the funny thing about all this is, you know, who knows what the future holds, but it could, this could be kind of the, the linchpin, if I'm using that term correctly, I don't know if I am or not, but the linchpin in creating a, a fewer game Major League Baseball season. This could be the beginning of it. I definitely thought of that uh, when the news broke. And you're right, because if you, you know, start shortening your three game series to two game series and you you end up losing 20 games this year and it makes every game that much more exciting once they start it up and they start pumping up kind of some new enthusiasm for the game, uh, they could easily use that momentum to to shorten the season. I I think that realistically from a baseball standpoint, we're going to lose April. I know that they only said, you know, two week March or the March and April schedule. I, Cause there's major events that are scheduled in May that are getting canceled. So I think realistically, uh, we're not going to, we're not going to see it probably come back until May. And that's, you know, that's going to be exactly what you said, close to 20 games, I guess. So Yeah about that somewhere around in there. So, and that's a, could be a significant shortage of a season if they just lose those games and don't tack them onto the end somewhere. So, uh, it'll be interesting. It could make for a really exciting baseball season. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it, it, it kind of comes down to a, 
quality over quantity discussion. And who knows? I mean, you could make up, I mean, how often are, are major league baseball stadiums at full capacity during the regular season? You know, unless the, those screwy cubs are in town or, uh, you know, teams like that. But, I mean, if you have fewer games, theoretically, those games are more, you know, just a a basic supply and demand situation there. So, yeah, it could be very interesting. And then, I mean, if you had to, if you had to, you could really, you could, I mean, you could get really creative with it. And maybe you just do, you, you only play teams in your division, depending on how much time you have have for all this stuff you you only play teams in your division and then you know you have a division winner and then those teams face off in in a playoff situation you know you could do something like that the only problem with that is then you know if that team ends up winning the quote-unquote world series are they you know is there going to be an asterisk there it probably has to be (laughs) kind of like you know the 2017 world series winners but um you, I didn't want to bring that up, but I did. Um, <laughs> the real question is, how many uh, asterisks do we have to start uh, putting out there? Is it, <laughs> everything's going to end up having an asterisk behind yeah, it. Pretty so much. Then, <laughs> then the only outliers are going to be the non-asterisk. Yeah, you could change it. Instead of calling it the World Series, you could call it the 2020 um, Baseball championship or you know something like that it wouldn't be under the title of world series but just yeah. something for the fans and the players it's going to be interesting i will say that so um it's a bummer with everything that's going on but also you know like uh that's just the way life goes if you you think of major event i mean we've had three major events at least in your and i's adult lifetime that are i don't know i don't want to say catastrophic but uh um very impactful and it's it's six months from now hopefully we're just sitting back and being like oh man remember how crazy it was when everything was getting canceled because of the coronavirus Mm -hmm. and that'll be that so hopefully that's what it ends up being and and uh things will be different uh, going forward, probably just in general and always uh, for some certain certain things, because that's what stuff like this does. But from a sporting and baseball standpoint, I think that it, there is potential that the game could change because of it and other sports, too. But uh, well, it'll be interesting to to see how this season plays out, uh, specifically when it comes to the Rockies. We can start getting into the into the Rockies news and let's you want to talk more about that, but about the Corona. No, I think baseball overall. If, if, if anyone wants to know more about coronavirus, they can flip on any, uh, news, <laughs> news, uh, <laughs> channel or news outlet. You, you pretty much can't get away from it. And it's almost, yeah, there's I mean, no I, lack of information. Yeah. I guess we had to talk about it because you just can't not talk about it. We're, you know, our first episode here is right smack in the middle of it. So, but yeah, let's, I, I would like to get into Rocky's stuff, even though it does almost seem kind of, uh, it does seem a little, what's the point? I think we should <laughs> still do it, but, um, yeah, you yeah. know, 
Um, so before we do that, we'll just overall baseball news. Uh, we haven't gotten a chance to talk about the Houston fiasco, but I'm sure everyone's got a bunch of information on that and has formed their own opinions. We can talk about that if you'd like. Well, is fiasco the best way to describe that? I don't know. I guess, uh, sometimes I use words just because, you know, I'm familiar with them and (laughs) I don't, I don't necessarily know if I know what fiasco means. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be, but I think a better term would be, um, well, <laughs> I can't. Oh, so I fiasco, can't, a thing. I, I called you out. I called you out on it, and I didn't have anything ready to snap back <laughs> so, with, and I look like a real jack wagon. So here, well, I'll just tell you what fiasco is. It's a thing that is a complete failure, especially in a ludicrous or humiliating way. Yeah, so I don't think it's a failure. They actively did what they did. It's not like it was an accident to me. I guess it's a fiasco in terms of Major League Baseball. Yeah. But I guess that's where I was, I okay. was coming from. Okay. The uh well what so should, I know what we should call it. We should call it the whole Houston Gate. There you go. Boom. Astrogate, maybe? The Astrogate, that kind of sounds cool. You know, Astrogate like, sounds has a nice ring to it. Yeah, because yeah, Houston, so Astro, you don't want to do yeah. Houston because that's the whole city. They weren't. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe they were. We don't have. I mean, you know, I don't want to. <clears throat> I don't want to throw mud at anyone, but <laughs> they certainly didn't do anything to stop it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just as at fault as AJ Hinches. That's going to be taken so, out of context on um, High Heat with Anthony Russo. That Just that clip yeah. of you. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know, I don't watch that show. <laughs> All right, so no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's fine by me. Uh, anyways, Houston, oh, oh, I almost said it. Astrogate went down. Uh, if If nobody's using Astrogate, that'll be the... We'll, we'll say that we coined it. So right here on the Rockaroo Astrogate went down. I'm sure everyone's got their opinion of it. You can tell me yours. I'll, I'll tell you mine right now because um, I'm on the mic. So uh, here's what I think. Astros did what they did. Uh, they all actively did it for the full intention of winning more games and ended up winning a World Series. And they did it. Probably the year, my opinion is they probably did it the year after, and even as much so as uh, this most recent year. And it sucks, and they got caught, and I think that other teams are doing it to a lesser extent, but they should should definitely be held accountable for it, and I think MLB did the best that they could have given the situation, and I would love nothing more than to see... Alex Bregman have a horrible year. Uh, I kind of feel bad for Springer because I like the guy, but dude, I like I don't think anyone on the offensive side of the ball there is is excluded, and I think they all get the get the uh, cheater label from my point of view, and and that's the way I will uh, assume the Astros are from now until they prove me otherwise. Yeah, I I agree with. Basically everything you just said, other than 
the the MLB, the action they took, um, you know, it would have been nice to see some of the players get nailed for that. However, I you know I think they didn't they didn't nail any of the players because of they wanted to get as much information as they could and they wanted uh, as much transparency as they could and they felt that to tell the players hey we're not going to punish you at all so tell us all the truth so okay, I, I get that it would have been nice to see something but like you said I mean they're going to get their comeuppance with in the court of public opinion and everywhere yeah. they go and honestly this this delay of the season and how the season plays out is almost letting them off the hook, you know, because it, it's, it's not necessarily going to be forgotten, but it definitely takes a back seat. It definitely, cause that was the story, right? That was the big story going into yeah. 2020 and now it's something else. So I don't want to say that Houston Astros are responsible for all this craziness. No, I, I can't, that's <laughs> can't make light of a, a pandemic, but um, yeah. yeah when, plus, you don't want to get razzed on high heat by Anthony Ruzzo. Yeah, and just for the record, he it's a it's a baseball show on the MLB Network. Um, but yeah, you know, you look at freaking Altuve won the MVP in 2017. You know, and these guys were raking. And I agree. I think they. Why would they stop? You know, why would they stop? I think that it just got more advanced. And there's the whole buzzer, you know, stuff, which I remember in that game that last season against New York and the ALCS, and now Tuve hit that walk-off, and he was coming around third base, going to home, and he grabs his jersey, and he's telling the guys, you know, don't rip my jersey off. And then after that, Ken Rosenthal asks him about that and um did you see how i really hit that asks yeah (laughs) and yeah and altuve said he he his wife told him that she didn't want his jersey being ripped off and i remember at the time thinking wow that's a really weird thing to say there but then you know i didn't think anything more of it you know, and then all this this fiasco goes down, and and I I think that uh, even if you know we talked about this a little bit off air, I think you know even if MLB would have proven that they were using the buzzers in eighteen and two thousand nineteen, would they release that information? Because they don't they don't want that all that bad press and and all that stuff. So. Uh, yeah, I, it's just, it's shitty because they were a likable team. I, you know, they were a likable team and other than maybe Bregman, I guess, but yeah, I'm, I was a huge George Springer fan, uh, Correa as well. You know, Correa hit that walk off to send him to the world series. Oh yeah. Did he know that pitch was coming? It was an outside, uh, uh was it uh, outside fastball? I don't know, but off one of the game's best closers, Chapman, and he just smoked it. I don't, you know, you can't, you can't say, but like you said, they, they've got the label now forever, forever. So yeah, that's on them. Yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, I think let's, let's get into the, the, 
Rockies direct news because there's plenty of MLB stuff. You know, we were off quite a while before we hit up our first episode this season, but let's really hammer home the Rockies stuff. So uh, in the offseason, the Rockies pretty much do nothing. I mean, that's the reality. They did do nothing. Uh, you can look at two things. What, Chris Owings and... Uh, <laughs> Eli- Elias Akechum, Diaz. Maybe? Yeah. Um, and Tyler Kinley. And then Jose Mujica. Who, Mujica could be... He could be something special, but that would be in the future, I believe. Yeah. So, but other than that, yeah, I mean, there it was big nothing burger essentially. Yeah, and the biggest uh, news of the offseason for the Rockies was Arenado potentially getting traded, and then the following riff between Arenado and the brain surgeon after that. So, uh. That that like highlighted the the Rockies news. So what like where do we stand now? Like Arenado was obviously not traded yet. Uh, I mean now we've got some extra time for the Rockies to make some moves, but he was not traded. Is that going to be a negative or a positive for the Rockies season this year? Is that relationship going to mend or does it matter? Uh, do we even know really why he's so pissed off? That, I think you hit the nail right on the head there with that last bit. Um, here's my thing with the whole situation is one, obviously Breedick doesn't know shit about managing human beings. Um, two, it's hard to comment because we just, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe Nolan went to Breedick and said, I want to be traded. I want to be traded before spring training or before this date, whatever. And it didn't happen. Who knows? And then what really upsets me is Nolan then comes out and he literally says, well, it's been a while now, so I'm not going to say literally, but he says, I feel like I've been disrespected and there's no coming back from that. Or something like that. That's a a big paraphrase, but, and it's like, whoa, that's like a pretty, that's a pretty staunch comment. Um, yeah. And then line to draw. Absolutely. And then a couple days later, he comes out and says, I'm not going to talk about, you know, private things that went down or whatever. And then, so as the fan, you're like, well, what the fuck, what am I supposed to think? Am I supposed to be mad at Breedick? Am I supposed to be mad at Nolan? The whole situation just sucks now. And it's like, why is this happening one year into an eight-year or really a three-year contract? It's absolutely ridiculous. Why is – here's the problem. You know, Breida gets asked the question, oh, is Nolan on the table to be traded because you guys had a bad year? And he goes, well, you know, we're always looking at things. Instead of saying, no, no, we signed Nolan long-term. We want him here long-term. That's why we signed him long-term. But no, he says, oh, well, we're always looking at options. And then what does the media do? They go off and they fucking, that's, I mean, especially in a, kind of a slow off season, at least before um, Astro stuff and before, I guess it wasn't before Astro stuff, but, um, you know, they just go off on that and, and they love that. All those, I mean, however many 
many writers out there. I, I was even I was watching a <laughs> I was watching a little uh, t- top 100 prospects on MLB Network this morning, and even Gray Game Singer even brought up the Nolan thing because they were talking about Brendan Rodgers, and then he says, "Oh well, could he play third base?" Because you know the whole Nolan thing, and it's like that's all you know the couple spring training games that were available to watch on television through other teams broadcasts um you know they they bring it up so it's you know it's gonna be a topic of conversation for whenever the season starts and it sucks that we have to talk about it sucks that we have to talk about this after one year of a long-term big money contract yeah, it's the last thing. It's the absolute last thing we should be talking about. And maybe it's it was all controlled by Breedick and even Nolan to kind of take our attention away from the fact that they absolutely did nothing to improve their team <laughs> that had a horrible year. You, you talking conspiracy theory here? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, then why wouldn't they... Because the other news was big number 33 gets placed into the Hall of Fame. Why that's pretty yeah. big news. Why not just roll with that? Because that news came out like I don't know a day or two days after the the Nolan thing. So yeah, and retiring his number and all that. Good why not stuff. run with that? So I I think I mean I'm always I'm always in for a good conspiracy. So I'm not saying that, but um, <laughs> is my favorite uh, segment on the show possible, not probable. Yeah. Unless you have evidence to present us. No, I don't. Okay. I, of course, I do not. Okay. Uh, not, I don't know. It's just it's just a real bummer. Hopefully, uh, everything can just get put to the side. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's the real conspiracy. The Rockies, you know, are using this, this other news of, oh, you know, season being delayed and all that. And that really kind of makes you forget all about Arenado. But here we are yeah. bringing it up. Yeah. So, uh, but let's uh, let's talk about the roster because I think for the most p- part there's no there's no change, right? Does is our starting lineup going to look the same? I mean, our starting pitching rotation will be a little different, but from a lineup standpoint, are we looking at kind of the exact same thing that we saw last year? Yeah, probably. Uh, and going back to the Nolan thing, maybe that that was another reason there was a rift because the Rockies didn't go out and sign or do anything. Um, you know, and that obviously we know that that's true. I want to win. I want to win. I want to win, but I'm not going to hit well in April to get us started off on that. I want to win. I want to win, but I'm going to slump really (laughs) bad in June. I want to win. I I mean, we all love Nolan. I'm not, I'm, I, I, you know, I don't want to come off as I'm a, a Nolan hater, but at the same time, he is responsible for some of these things as well. So, yeah, to go back to your your question of the same, the same lineup, yeah, probably. Uh, the, the funny thing about I'm sure you've seen them, but you know, during the off season, there's been all these you know starting rotation projections and. Uh, they have John Gray as the the ace, the the first starter, if you will, and I just don't see how they come to that conclusion with Herman. Like you know, John did really well last season, but Herman, you know, ha- didn't do 
great, but I still think as of now, he's probably the ace, I would say. Yeah. I mean, he was probably the ace in 2018, even above Freeland, if you really break down the numbers. Yeah. It's just Freeland was so had that bravado that everyone liked. It was easy to get him, get on board with him as the ace, but uh, Marquez was really statistically the ace with John Gray kind of being a, a crap. What do we got in this guy who started the season as an ace in 18? Uh, but now, you know, the way he finished up in 19 was very solid mm-hmm. until he broke his toe or whatever it was. And, it's hard. I mean, I think it's a hard. It's a hard call, but really, you got to go with Marquez if you're uh, in. If you know anything about the Rockies and the the pitching, and even what he did, he had a little backslide last year, but he was still solid. And you know, outside of his hydration issues, I guess. Uh, why, like, <laughs> why don't you go with Marquez? He's got the. He's got the stuff. He's got the. Rockies all-time record in strikeouts for a season. Uh, he really checks the boxes from an ace standpoint. I almost, almost bought a thing of pickle juice the other day at the convenience store. Almost did it. Keep yourself, keep yourself, is just straight pickle juice. I get, I don't know. No pickles inside. <laughs> no pickles inside. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I didn't buy it. Maybe there's a little, little pickle in there, uh, but I, well. here I'm comfortable. I like, I like the big, the top three and however, whatever order you want to put them in, Herman, John and, and Kyle, that's obviously assuming they can get back to, you know, Kyle specifically get back to, um, you know, a better, a better starting pitcher. Uh, I guess he did eliminate the the hitch or the pause at the top of his windup. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, and then Antonio, you look at Antonio. He lost some. He lost some pounds. He's looking good. He's looking better. I like it. And then the, I think it, it comes down to that fifth spot. And I think that's where, you know, we talked about it last season about, you know, trying to get a, maybe a Rick Porcello type, a Zach Wheeler. Uh Now, obviously we also talked about like, Hey, maybe, maybe pitchers just, they're, they're not in, no matter how much money you throw at them, they're not interested in coming to play for the Rockies. So that's very, very possible. Um, but yeah, hopefully the other problem is now I think everything is just like, well, wait, let's just wait a minute because everything is out of rhythm, if you will, with the whole, you know, canceling spring training and the first two weeks of the season and who knows where it goes from there. So who knows where these players' minds are at and maybe it it would be a benefit for the Rockies, maybe, yeah. but it also could go the other way too and we just won't know that until things get going again. Yeah. Well, I will say this. If you rewind to the this episode last year, episode one of season two of the Rockaroo, uh, the way that we were talking about the starting rotation, which happens to be the exact same starting rotation that we're going into in this year, 
uh, you know, with some some small changes, but the excitement level was high because we had just finished a season where we had the best starting ro- rotation of the Rockies' existence. And I think it was me who said Kyle Freeland's going to take that dominant step forward. Marquez is going to take that dominant step forward. John Gray's probably going to improve. And, you know, none of that <laughs> ended up happening. But Not John Gray. Very excited. Well, yeah, the John Gray thing definitely did. Yeah, good point. Uh, but that was the only one. So, I, I mean, Marquez did not take a dominant step forward. However, he, he stayed pretty constant. His his 19 wasn't as good as 18, but I think also part of that is, you know, the culture that starts happening mm. as the season starts to go the way that it goes right. versus the way the season, you know, the 2018 occurred where the pitchers could start like build that momentum right and the they're not going to let one you know bad game get get, define their season whereas last year that's pretty much all kyle freeland did uh he kind of bought into it and fell down the hole and ended up in albuquerque and all all that we all know what happened there but you know why aren't we excited for this season because does does one year make a trend no, not necessarily, but it does. And I mean, it's kind of like the emotional investment part of it. And honestly, if it, you know, if you look at, I guess maybe historically, I haven't, I'm just making a large assumption here, but you think like usually the Rockies perform a lot better when there's no expectations on them. That's just 2007, 2000. I guess we could say 17. Uh, And then I get, they did, they obviously 18 was, you know, their best season by record standards in history. So I guess, you know, there's an outlier there, but then 2019 was just, not only was it bad, it was pretty awful, I would say. And not just that, but the start of the season, that's where it it gets me. The slow start, just, uh, just atrocious really. But uh, so again, this is a total. This season, no matter what, is going to be totally different. And you know, like we talked about earlier, where you know we'll always have an asterisk or or a caveat to it, um, no matter what happens. So I think uh, I think we do have to approach this season just a lot a lot different. Yeah, I yeah. The, my biggest thing with with the Rockies, though, just in general in the off season, is the it's not like they didn't make any big moves, which they didn't, obviously, but they didn't make any moves. I mean, honestly, like Tapia is still on the squad, you know, like Brendan Rogers is still on the squad, although you're stuck with him now. Um, obviously, Desmond and Murphy, and I, I just feel like there's there's pieces there. That you could do something with. And they didn't. You know, we're still going to be stuck with like, what does our outfield look like? We got Blackman, Dahl, Desmond, and Hilliard enters the mix, you know, and it's like how, and, and Tapia. So like, how does the outfield look this year? Like, 
Where like is anyone going to be get good consistent playing? Right. Uh, Hampson's probably still going to be in the mix for the outfield. And then how does second base and and first base look? You got Murphy and Hampson and McMahon. It's just all the same like roster problems that they had last year. They're going to have this year. And why why couldn't they have done something to to solve that? And, you know, even if it was moving Hampson or McMahon, those guys have legitimate value in the in the trade market, I have to assume. And they're just so stuck on the fact that they don't want to be the idiots that traded those guys that we end up doing nothing and we just have roster backlogs. Yeah, you make a, a good point. Why not? Maybe you trade some of those guys to maybe trade it for a starting pitcher who doesn't have a choice, you know, a, a solid starting pitcher who doesn't have a, a choice or any pitcher bullpen, right. I guess too. Um, bring them in and um, see, see how that goes. But yeah, you're right. They love, I mean, everyone loves the prospects. It's just, that's just how it goes. And specifically, I think the Rockies do and the Rockies fans do because there's always that unknown. And, and then, but then the problem is you you can't have six different guys playing second base, you know? Yep. So you have to evaluate where you're solid at. Obviously, well, I'm going to say third just for the time being. Third, shortstop. That's essentially it. I guess right field with Blackman. And then Dahl. Yeah, I guess I mean, you're all in on Dahl. Um, yeah, I'd say the outfield you're feeling pretty comfortable with, even with prospects. I mean, there's a filler there that, like, you're you're pretty comfortable. I mean, there was even a time where Tapio was, like, really a solid option out there. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, that could be a different story. But, you know, like, the thing about it is the, they have to do something. And, we're like, we're stuck with Desmond and Murphy. I assume no one, you know, wants them. Because I gotta assume they tried to trade them, but maybe not. And then you know our team still has Davis and Shaw on it. So, I to me it's like, hey, you got like if you're if you're gonna be stuck with those guys, you got to do something with your with the guys you're not stuck with to try to better your team. And you can't feel bad like if you end up trading a outfielder, like trading right. him away, and he ends up doing well. You know, like. You should be proud, really. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if he can't play for you, you want to see him succeed with someone else because then that means that you uh, evaluated him properly. However, there might be a there might be a problem with um there could be a problem with other teams seeing Rockies prospects as not unless they're super young, but then the Rockies aren't going to trade them if they're in, you know, Hartford. But they might view Rockies prospects as, oh, it's just the Coors Field effect. Um, kind of like you look at Corey Dickerson a little bit with that. And who knows, maybe the value, where where we value these guys a lot more than other teams are, and maybe it's almost not worth trading them. I don't know. I do want to get to this because it popped up in my mind. Do you remember a fellow by the name of Mike Dunn. Uh-huh, yeah. He, uh, a lefty, signed for a pretty substantial contract, bullpen pitcher, uh, what, three years ago or whatever. Um, 
and he, he ended up being released mid-season last season because he, he just couldn't put it together. Yeah. Well, so a, this a kind of an under-the-radar off-season move was the Rockies then said, oh, hey, do you, do you guys remember that pitcher that we paid a lot of money to and really didn't do that great, really didn't pitch that well for us? Uh, let, hey, let's go ahead and hire him as a, a coach. That seems like a good <laughs> idea. Uh, that's exactly what they did. So oh I don't know. What do you think about that? That's just crazy. I, I guess I don't like how is that? Uh, uh, my thoughts are all of his good careers or all of his, his good numbers, his the strength of him as a pitcher was all while he was not at Coors Field. So why does he show any kind of ability to coach a pitcher either mentally or even physically to be able to perform at Coors Field? My my thought is he doesn't, so why give him that opportunity? Unless he's specifically the the road bullpen coach or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, and, or if he's... if. They didn't sign a new contract, and he's just being paid out his, you know, oh, rate, which yeah. I think the Rockies need to start doing that. Remember I brought that up yeah. with Bumgarner? Um, yeah. Which I want to I want to bring something up because I have the time and I have the open air. Uh, can we not, if we're a Rockies fan, can we not compliment Madison Bumgarner at all for anything he does? whether it's pitching or riding bulls. Can we not do that, please? Uh, Listen, I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I get it. You you know, you're you're a big tough guy. You want to ride bulls, that's cool. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. What I don't like though is if I were an organization paying a player a shitload of money. Let's let's be honest here. Shitloads of money for throwing a ball around, for using your body to throw a ball and I find out that you're out there riding bulls under a pseudonym like that would piss me off that would really piss me off remember when he got injured because he was out riding motorcycles yeah like I get it this is kind of treading into (laughs) borderline like dictatorship type stuff but I think as an athlete if you're being paid copious amounts of money and then you go out and you put your put your body in jeopardy because you wanted for your own personal reasons it's just selfish to me that's just a selfish move i get it if he was in between contracts you know if you know if it were like this off season but yeah i just wanted to get that out there now i'm going to ruffle some feathers with some certain individuals there with that one um, you know, pending if they're even listening or not, but uh, did want to get that out there. Well, the finger has been pointed, and if it's staring you at the face, uh, don't be the guy that compliments uh, Madison Baumgartner. Or, you know what? Uh, any division rival exactly. major pitcher, for that matter. Exactly. Uh, you may like them, and it's, go- it's, it's all right to go ahead and... Uh, acknowledge their their abilities but uh when it comes down to 
compliments, I think that's that's a little too far. And, and and we're talking about fanatics, right? Don't call yourself a fanatic or a Rockies fan if you're going to be doing that because uh, fanatics are unrational by definition. So you got you just got to hate players that do really well against your team because that's what you're supposed to do. And also, I don't have a problem with Madison Bogartner going out there and wrecking his shoulder on a dirt bike or, you know, riding bulls uh, because that just helps us if he can't play against us. Right. Because apparently, I mean, he's still in the division. I will say this, though. If you're that player and your teammates are pissed at you because you get yourself injured doing that Mm -hmm. stuff and your team doesn't pay you your contract... You have no ground to stand on on being upset about that. So that's that's what I think on that. So like, go ahead and do it, but don't feel uh, slighted when your teammates are like, hey, F you, man. Our, our season was dependent on your ability to come out here and pitch every fifth day for us. And, and if the team's not going to pay you, I have no sympathy for that. So I hope you got a good insurance contract. Yeah, it's like from a, a fan's perspective, from a Rockies fan, that's like if Herman Marquez was like, you know, I want to go out and, and do some Viper wrangling. I'm going to go do some Viper wrangling, but I'm, you know, I'm going to go out there on my off days and and then he gets bit in the neck and, you know, he's paralyzed for half a month and he can't pitch. I guess it'd be longer than half a month, but uh, I, th- I think I'm illustrating my point quite well with that. <laughs> I mean, you'd be pissed yeah. if you were seriously though. Same, you'd be pissed if you were a Rockies fan, and you know someone actively, a player, any any player, I guess a top player too. It's not like it was Chris Stratton out there riding bulls, or I don't know some low level <laughs> Giants pitcher. But <laughs> I think we we've made our point, and we should definitely move on from this topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get into the fact that Brian Shaw gave Daniel Murphy his goatee. You seen this? Oh. You heard about this? No. Uh-uh. Oh, you should take it. It's not the the uh the roster photos haven't been updated yet, but uh, if you've been watching spring training games or videos, uh you you know what I'm talking about. It's weird. Daniel Murphy uh has trimmed up a little bit which is good to see. He's got the goatee and the long hair. And uh, Brian Shaw, in a last-ditch effort to you know save his at least his Rockies career, shaved off the goatee. I don't think it's working for him. And I, I honestly mm. believe, and again, who knows, with, who knows what's going to happen with all this stuff, but I think pretending that everything was normal, the season was going to start on March 26th, I, I don't think Brian Shaw, I think he would have been released. Yeah. I mean, you got to make a call on that because he, you can't have him on the roster and going out there and blowing it every time he, I mean, he, he wasn't even good for cleanup work. So uh, you got to make a decision on him. He's either got it back or he doesn't. And, if you got to eat salary, you eat salary because it's the loss of that roster spot is way too valuable. Well, and just you don't want to like it's almost like the 
you know, it's almost like a little league thing where it's like, okay, well, we got to get everyone playing time. And even though this, this person's going to give up, you know, six runs in an inning, we'll throw them out there. Cause you have to, because everyone else is tired and I'd rather see, I don't know. It, it, and it's not like if you, his just, and just to clarify, his spring has been bad folks. If you haven't been paying attention, his spring has been real bad. I mean, he, to a point where he can't even make it through a spring training inning, which like, think about that. Like you got to pull him in a spring training inning. That's, that's not good. And so you just, you can't, I mean, we were all, all on board for Shaw when they signed him. Well, I don't know if I was totally on board, but mostly on board. And then I think we were all on board for the Shawshank Redemption last season. That didn't really happen. He was a little better, but not by much. Yeah, he he pitched in 70 games with a 538 ERA. So the fact that that was better is scary. (laughs) (laughs) and that's so what this is the last year of his contract was he on a three-year yeah yeah so yikes um yeah i just don't i don't know like it's like i want to be excited and it's really hard to get there about this team but maybe once they start playing they'll they'll pump me up you know maybe i'll i'll see freeland and and everything will be you know rainbows and unicorns and this will be the rainbow unicorn season, and that will be just fine by me. But uh, the the season's outcome looks bleak, uh, mainly because of last year. So there's still time for them to do something. I, I don't know what, but maybe Rogers makes an appearance and turns into what we think he can be, and it uh, could be exciting. So we'll. I mean, we'll see. There's some, there's some excitement. If you take, if you just like take 18 out of it and you say, or sorry, 19 out of it and say the 18 team has got the same expectations as the 20 team or the 20 team has the same expectations. Like they just finished 2018, then there should be excitement going on. But we all know that their potential is also the other side of it where uh, they pretty much give up because let's be honest, that's what they did last year. They, they gave up. Because there was a point in the year where they were, you know, one game out of... There's a point where they were in first place in the division for a significant amount of time. And a, a point where they were definitely right right there in the division. Um, but they never... They just didn't sustain it and they lost it. The moment they started losing it, they were like, oh, well, you know, no big deal. We had a good year last year. That's the way I felt. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think they they have solid players. They they really do. I think it comes down I don't I don't have any issues with the lineup and I don't know if you've seen but they're, you know, probably it's going to be Dahl leading off and they're going to finally move Charlie probably to the 3 hole and you'll have Dahl, Story, Blackman and and Nolan. Um and I'm fine nice. with that. I'm fine with yeah. that. I uh I do, however, I didn't want to bring this up when we were talking about making moves and stuff. I would not be opposed if they moved David Dahl. 
I like David Dahl, but at the same time, he has proven for whatever reason, if it's fate, if it's how his his body is construct, constructed, I don't know, but he's proven that he's just, he's an injury guy. And until he can prove that he's not that guy, you know, I, and who knows, maybe that obviously will, will take his value down, but I still think his value is pretty high because he still has is a, a, a great contact hitter, has got the power, um, so, you know, it's kind of like, do you want to sell high on these guys or not? But yeah. And it's, it would be exciting to see. I mean, it's that elusive season for him. Like what would it be if he was healthy for an entire season? It'd be like, whoa. I mean, he'd be super, superstar status, I think, but we haven't seen that yet. Right. And I don't know if he's really a true center fielder, especially in Coors Field or not. That's you know, he literally injured himself because he kind of overran a, a ball and then tried to come back on it, and that was that. And, you know, it's just – and I like I, – I don't want to sit here and, you know, I pretty much like everyone on the team. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a new approach to Daniel Murphy. I think I got that out of my system, and, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy as well. Uh, I still don't think he profiles as a first baseman, but whatever. Um, what were we talking wow. about? Wow. Trading David Dahl, but I'm wow on the Daniel Murphy is what I'm saying. But we were talking about, you were talking about trading David Dahl. Yeah. No, what were you wowing about? You turning around on Daniel oh, Murphy. I'm not necessarily turned around, but I'm just, you know, I, I, there's no point in in, you know, there's no point in in channeling negative energy towards him anymore. Like I said, it's just you know I'm not. I, it's kind of like at a point where it's like you kind of have to you have to root. you want the Rockies to be successful. You have to root for the guy. Um, yeah, and he did trim up, so at least he's showing. You know that he's at least a little bit committed. Um, He's kind of got the Rockies have this, you know, the whole, you know, Blackman with the big beard, and now Murphy's got the goatee and the kind of gruffy looking, and I'm okay with that. So, um, as long as he, you know, doesn't hit 230 with three home runs, then, then you know, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you can, if you can tell, I'm not like fully excited about it, but. <laughs> Honestly, my biggest thing with Murphy is I just don't like him as a first baseman. Really? Yeah. Yeah, if we could put him at DH, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what? Well, yeah, get us in. But yeah, so I was going to go through the next the next thing I was going to say is like just looking around the league in general, what like the we just determined, just went through a whole thing, Rockies didn't do anything. What did the other teams do? Uh, the Padres, who finished behind the Rockies somehow, did they? It's been so long. Yeah, by one game because okay. the Rockies. So the, they <laughs> the Rockies won the last game of the season, or they swept the the Brewers there, and they they were the able Brewers, to yeah. get out of the basement by one game. <laughs> so the Padres that were behind them, they they don't make huge moves, but they make some pretty like at least. Like, hey, we're getting better type moves. They get Zach Davies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the get uh, Tommy Pham, which is feels like a big move to me. Uh, they get Profar, who is mm-hmm. a legitimate utility guy, and like they're obviously gonna they're gonna be better on the pitching side of things. Uh, Quantrell, I think, was his name. Cal Quantrell. That guy was a rookie. He's probably gonna take a step forward. Paddock is gonna. They're not gonna have him on an innings limit. He's he's gonna be a legitimate ace. So I think that they're better uh, than what they were last year. And you know, obviously, those moves can be turned in different directions. But uh, it looks, at least, appears that they're. They're good moves, and they're on, you know, looking like they're a better team. The Diamondbacks, of course, get Madison Bumgarner, sign him to a small deal somehow, and whatever he, whatever he's Madison Bumgarner. He's at least he at least bolsters their their uh, starting lineup to somewhat of a significant effect. They also sign just right out from underneath the Rockies. They sign Stephen Vogt. And oh boy, I'll bet the Rockies were real bummed about that. So they get a they get a catcher. I don't know. That's uh, more of a, a slight on the Rockies on the fact that that's the only offseason target that the Rockies had. But they also get Cole Calhoun, who's a significant. Um, he's significant. He's he's good. He's he'll, he'll make an impact on their team. Um, and then what else? There's I felt like there was another big move Marte. that they made. Was there? Oh yeah, Starling Marte. So they get Starling Marte. Uh boy. So they're like they definitely look better and they they were like looking like a team that was in the in the hunt for worst team ever last year and and they really put it together so they're looking better. The Giants, I'm not sure if it's even worth going over anything that they did. Uh I don't even know if they did anything. They lost Bumgarner. I don't know. They signed a new manager. They're they definitely look worse, I guess. Well, they're they're like gonna a, get Cueto back. Uh, a, a rebuild mode, I would say for sure. Yeah, they're definitely in a, in a rebuild mode, so they don't do anything significant from the player standpoint. And then, of course, the Dodgers. We all know what they did. Uh, they go out and they get Mookie Betts. So I don't. Is that a yikes? I don't know. Uh, it it's seems, definitely not a. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> it's definitely not a no big deal. Know that. Yeah. Their pitching their pitching rotation doesn't look as strong, maybe. I mean, Bueller will of course be good. Clayton Kershaw. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on there. But uh I guess they end up retaining wood and stripling because that piece of the deal kind of falls apart. But they do get Blake Trinan, which is like oh, they did? big for the yeah, for the oh man, for the bullpen that's scary. Uh, and of course, oh, they add David Price, right? Yeah. Oh, so, yep. um, so yeah, you can't say that they're they're kind of that like right now they're they're that team. It's like they're actually pretty scary because they were really good last year. They added an MVP, added a high caliber pitcher, high caliber bullpen. Oh, plus their their farm system seems to just be rocking and rolling, bringing up, you know, Bueller last year, and they got Lux on the like right on the verge. So they've got like a mix of everything going on. That's the worst part about them is that they're developing really good players. 
You know, you always see these big market teams as they, you know, the trading guys and, and signing big free agents. But now the Dodgers are freaking, and it's kind of same with the Yankees and a little bit with the Red Sox as well. Like the, these big market teams are, they're developing really good players and, and then they can do both. They can do a combo of both and kind of sucks for other teams in the league. But, um, yeah. you know, I think, I mean, they traded, they traded a guy they developed Verdugo for Mookie Betts. Yeah, and, Ver- and some other guys that look like they're going to be pretty big. But and Verdugo is a, a, a solid player, though yeah, he's going to so, wear number well, ninety nine, which I think that's a mistake. I just yes. do like what are you doing? And what the hell is Aloy Jimenez doing wearing number seventy four? Ah, oh, drives me nuts, man. Yeah. What? Who? Yeah. What? All time great player wears a number like that in baseball at least in in baseball some people like to try to blaze their own trail yeah i don't know good luck with that um so anyways the dodgers are looking scary again uh we'll see what happens there but i mean who knows maybe the rockies reach their full potential out of all of their signings and everything just glues together and the the nl west will just be a super exciting Division. I mean, it's got to be one of the top divisions to watch, assuming, you know, all these teams kind of do what they have potential to do because the Rockies do have that potential. It's there. That could be a, you know, I don't know. It still feels like the Dodgers are going to run away with it because, you know, historically and the way their team looks. But I think that it'll be, it could definitely be competitive. Definitely looks better than the Central, which is going to have, you know, St. Louis and the Brewers, I think, pretty much competing, and that's it. You don't think the, the Reds are, gonna... with all the Reds moves, you don't think the Reds can compete in no, there? No, I don't. I don't. Do you? Maybe you do. Well, you like Bauer? No, I was thinking, I guess, more of Castellanos and Moustakis, and um, yeah. didn't they get another big-name pitcher? Maybe, maybe uh, not. Well, they have what's his, they have the guy that they're developing, Castillo, Luis Castillo. Mm, yeah, he's he's legit. Um, but I don't. I, did they actually get one? I don't know. I don't think so. Wade Miley is that who you're talking about? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think that the Reds can compete, but they might. I don't know. They might. I still think. I mean, I think the rest of those teams are. And then, of course, the East has the, the Braves and the Nationals, although the Phillies could really make that move. Who knows? Uh, yeah, so uh, from the NL standpoint, I think the West and maybe the I, – I do feel like the West will still be the most exciting, which is good. That's cool to be in that division. Uh, sucks that the Dodgers are looking the way they do, though. Well, Street and Smith's baseball magazine has the – the Rockies as the second team in the West behind the Dodgers. So that's something I do think you mentioned the Padres. I, I I mean, I think that they could be, you know, if, if uh, Tatis Jr. can stay healthy, I think they could be a solid, you know, I think for me, the rotation and their bullpen is, I mean, they have Yates though, Kirby Yates, but I, other than Yates, I think their their pitching is kind of up in the air for me, but you know they pitch at a pitcher's park, so it should help them. Um, they could be a, a a 
they could be a they're always pesky for the Rockies no matter what. Yeah. You know, no matter the, what their roster's like, but they could be a a team to to deal with for sure. Yeah, I think that uh for me the pitching side of things, I was always worried about the development of their pitching uh cuz they also have Mackenzie Gore who could very potentially be uh, that Bueller type of a guy this year. He's really really solid. Um and I feel like they have a lot of good talent. It's just they needed it to develop. And then they also have Garrett Richards. Mm. Oh, wait, that guy sucks. Um, I, I think that they're going to be a, a team. Cut that could to be very... Garrett Richards throwing three no-hitters against the Rockies. <laughs> Probably, right? Yeah. Uh, um, Shoot, I shouldn't have said that. But... <laughs> The the Padres are going to be a contending team this year. They're not going to look like they did last year, uh, mainly because they're young and they got a lot of talent developed, and then they still have the veteran guys like uh, Hosmer and Machado. And even though Hosmer isn't uh, exactly ripping it up from a statistical standpoint, he is he does have that veteran leadership quality that I think sometimes clubs can miss. And when they're doing really well, that can be very beneficial. So uh, I think that they're going to be a tough team. Plus, they moved their fences in, so they're oh, not going right. to be as they're not going to be as pitching friendly as they used to be. And also, in in relation to ballpark uh, reconstruction, the the San Francisco Giants also, I think, are moving their fences in, and they're moving their bullpens out there as well, opposed to being on the on the side. Oh, good. Those idiots. Well, I, I don't know if you know the story there, but when they designed that ballpark, they forgot to design yeah. to add in the bullpens. And that's why they were on the side. Like it was freaking. I think 1913. Yeah. I think Goodman has told me that story about 15,000 times. So. Oh, damn it. I just, <laughs> I just pulled a drew. <laughs> yeah. I had to, I had to, Get that in there a little bit. Oh, also in relation to ballparks, how bummed out are you if you're the Texas Rangers opening a brand new ballpark this year? Yeah, I just saw a uh, a, a photo of the ballpark. It looks looks nice, looks very nice. But yeah, that sucks. Well, at least they have a little more time now to kind of tweak all the details and make sure they get it fully constructed before they, they get opened. Make sure all the <laughs> toilets are operating. It. Did you see that yeah. tweet? The uh, no. if you missed it, um, the they had this big thing where they flushed all the toilets at the same time to make sure there were no issues. Because I guess, and I can't remember which ballpark it was, and I'm not even going to guess because I don't want to uh, throw shade at the wrong organization. Or, but there's a newer, newish ballpark that uh, when they opened their their toilet, like the water pressure wasn't enough to handle all the toilets kind of going off at the same time. And so, yeah, so the, the, the it was big news. It was big off-season news, folks, about... They cleared it, though. They cleared yeah, the it was all systems go. Water pressure issue. Yep. Nice. All right. Well, I do want to talk about... There's two things I want to talk about article-wise uh, before we get out. Um One was actually an article posted today that was, you know, obviously with baseball kind of on the hiatus, they got to try to generate some 
some uh, kind of views. So the posted an article about one classic game to watch online for each MLB team, right? So get out there, watch some baseball. And it's classically all like a game for each team. Um, I just want to talk about the Rockies game. If I don't know if you read this. Did you read this article? I did not. Okay, perfect. Then if you were going to guess which game it was for the Colorado Rockies, which game would you say? Are you going to be bummed if I get it? No. Because I feel like I'm going to get it. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to be upset. But if I'm right, you're going to think that I'm lying to you, but I didn't read the article. No, I won't think that. Oh, man, I trust you. But I would say the 2007 play-in game against the San Diego Padres. Oh, man. That was my, that was, like, when I opened up the article, I was like, oh, obviously it's going to be that game. But no, it is not. No. How about that? I mean, it's like that game was, like, one of the best baseball games I've ever watched. So, okay, if it's not that game, then which game is it? Can you give me, wow, I, I, oh, I want to say the 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 wild card game against the Cubs, but that game really wasn't that exciting. Honestly, it was just I remember it being very nerve wracking. Obviously, they won and it was yes. awesome, but at, like as a quote unquote great game, I wouldn't. I mean, obviously, Freeland had a fantastic performance. I'm not going to say that though. Can you? Is it a regular season game or a playoff game? Uh, it is a regular season game. Wow. Was that part of the guideline yeah. of this choice? Nope. No, it wasn't. Pretty much everyone else has a playoff <laughs> game in there, which is weird. Wow. Okay. Is it in the 2000s? A game in the 2000s? Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's a game you definitely remember. Is it a... Was Todd Helton on the team? Yes. That doesn't help much. <laughs> Uh, was it a home game no it was not a home game wow and this is best game to watch for the team yeah classic game classic game one classic game to watch for every team road game in the 2000s was it the 22 inning game in in San Diego (laughs) no it was not you you get your money's worth for watching that one oh man a road game, Helton on the team in the year 2000s. I'll, I'll just tell you this. I am actually considering watching this game today. Okay. Uh, because I did not get a chance to watch it. I had to listen to it on the radio. Mm. Honestly, that doesn't help much. My goodness. Is Troy Tulowitzki on this team? Yeah. Okay, that narrows it down a little bit. It's not a playoff game. It's not a home game. I really want to get this, but I just I don't even think I'm close. You want another hint? Yeah, who was the Rockies starting pitch? Oh, was Ubaldo Jimenez on this team? Yes. Was Dexter Fowler on this team? Uh, I believe so. Oh. Did Dexter Fowler make a great catch in left center field? 
Uh, again, I did not get a chance to watch this game. I had to listen okay. to it on the radio. I'm just going to so go. My memory of it is not perfect. I'm just going to go. F- I'd say yes, he did. Okay. I'm just going to go for it and say Ubaldo Jimenez is no hitter. Yep. That's the one. Wow. Okay. Surprising that it wasn't that playing game though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you got to go with the, the 07. Yeah. That's, I think unanimously probably the best game in in Rockies history. Maybe you can make an argument for the the problem with the the playoffs that season was they just you know they swept the Phillies and swept the Diamondbacks and it really wasn't that you know there weren't a lot of games that were that um close. Closer. Yeah. And there was no there's no drama because they had you know the series lead. So yeah. Yeah. They dominated and that Jeff Francis Jeff Francis game that the that he pitched in Philadelphia, the ver- that first game that was freaking awesome. Mm. I mean, his pitching performance in that game was pretty worthwhile of of mentioning. Yeah, but, but I would put the Ubaldo, especially against that team. That team was a batting machine. Yeah, well, they didn't they win they won the World Series the next season, right? In 08? Yeah, yeah, they uh-huh. had you know with. Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins and Ugly, Chase Ugly. Oh, that's mean. I can't yeah. say that, Chase Utley. So, yeah, I was uh, I was surprised it wasn't the 2007 playing game. But last article I want to mention, uh, and then we can bring it down to anything you want to talk about before we get out of here. But there's an article on MLB here, uh, and it says... Let's see here. Let me get to the exact headline just so I can... Uh, maybe I won't find it now. It'll just annoy me. Um, oh, sorry. Here it is. Okay. Each club's key takeaways from spring training. That was the name of the article. I uh, was considering reading this article... Until I realized, wait a second. How many? What's like? How much? What is there really to take away from spring training based on uh, the sample size that we have? So I did not read the article, and I thought that was it was just funny that the uh, they went ahead and and wrote that article anyways. You know, given the situation, I would kind of just assume that's not one that you do, but. They did it, and every team's got their deal. So I assume it's it's lacking of content for a lot of the teams. Just wanted to bring that up. That's all. They didn't have anything to say about the Rockies? Oh, you know what? I can pull it up and just look real quick because, like I said, I'll bet the content's pretty weak. Uh, let's see what they got for the Rockies. Oh, Kyle Freeland looks as if he'll be Kyle Freeland again. <gasps> The left-hander finished fourth in the National League Cy Young Award race in 2018 and finished fourth in the NL in ERA at a 285. Last year was polar opposite with a 3-11 record and a 6.73 ERA with two trips to the injured list and one to AAA Albuquerque. But toward the end of the season, Freeland revamped his motion, blah, blah, blah. So it's all that's what it's all about. So Freeland's going to be Freeland again, guys. 
We we got enough. We got to see him pitch enough in spring training, even with a small back strain, uh, that we're confident in saying that. Who's we? I'm not going to read any other teams. Jonathan Mayo, Thomas Harding. Uh, Probably Harding. You don't credit it. Yeah. I just think it's, I think to, you know, it's one of those blurp Mm -hmm. or blurb or whatever. Yeah. It's not credited. I just think that this season now where we are is to talk about it, at least before play starts is, is going to be tough. It's going to be tough because, you know, we're essentially in a second off season, right? You could look at yeah. it. You could look at it yeah. that way. I think, um, and it 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 will be interesting. Whoops, I was gonna say interested, but then I changed midstream to say interesting, and it came out poorly. Um, but hey, that's the life of a live live podcast, you know. So, yeah. But I think it will be interesting to see what the plan is to get back into games because I, I I really don't think um I don't think you can just jump into games. Yeah, I don't know. I think like they might get to a point where they don't have a choice though. Yeah, but you're gonna possibly do damage to um your players though, I guess you could just scrimmage. Why couldn't you just scrimmage against you know, you don't have to have fans in your in your spring training right. stadiums. Um, but I think we're I think we're kind of at a point now where we even want to limit, you know, guys being together in the clubhouse, i.e. Rudy Gobert, which did you see this? So Rudy Gobert was the NBA player who tested positive for coronavirus on the Utah Jazz. And I think oh. it was on like a, a Wednesday. Possibly, yeah, Wednesday or Thursday. And then I think on that Monday, he was giving a, he was doing a press thing. And then at the end of it, he got up and he touched, you know how like when you do, when you do your, the, the, the press conferences and there's like 16 different microphones in front of you all for each different outlet. Yeah. So at the end of his interview, he gets up and he touches every single microphone with his hands as like joking about, Oh, it's not a big deal. And then two days later, he's, he, he tests positive for coronavirus and then his teammate Donovan Mitchell tests positive as well. Oh boy. What a dick. <laughs> that yeah. is like, I think it's, yeah, that I think it's easy. Oh God. That's how things like this spread. Stupid shit like that. Not covering your mouth, coughing into your hand and touching a bunch of shit. Uh, that's how it happens folks. So I think, I don't know. I just, what were you going to say? Yeah. I think it's easy as a, like as a person that does not fit the, um, I guess the at risk group, right? Like the Basically, if you're if you are a young, healthy individual, it's easy to feel like, oh, this isn't a big deal. Right. But still, 
you have to do your part to make sure that it doesn't spread to those in your community and around you that are at risk, you know, because exactly how horrible would you feel if you're that guy that, you know, gets your good friend who's dealing with cancer, coronavirus, mm-hmm. and ends up complicating both him right now and potentially his cancer in the future, you know, like that's not something you want to be, you don't want to be held accountable for that. So I think it's, but it's easy to think, oh, it's no big deal. Like all the people I interact with are young, vibrant individuals that probably won't ever even feel the effects of this. And yeah, that's probably accurate. But if those people are passing it on, then they're the ones that could lead to, you know, the larger issue where the at-risk person gets infected and and also you're putting additional strain on the whole society in general. So I get it. The thing spreads super fast and just got to be conscious of it. Like you should all the time anyways when you're sick, just standard flu season type stuff. But right now we just, I think we, there's not enough data out there. We don't know enough about it. And that's why we're being as cautious as we are, which is probably a good thing. Right. And, you know, even without, a, a, <laughs> you know, something like this happening, to go and touch all the microphones is a dick move. Just in, just yeah. in general. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Because, you know, people, even without a, a pandemic, people still get sick from flu, cold, yeah. especially, you know, this time of year as well. And it's like, you know what? And now he's paying for it and he... Whatever. He was also the guy that uh, <laughs> cried because he didn't make the all-star game, which I get. Oh, boy. But, uh, you know, the French. What are you going to do about the French, you know? That will have <laughs> yeah, to be cut for the lawyers. The lawyers oh. just contacted me and told me that, that that's got to be cut. Yeah, and high heat is really going to hammer you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. And hey, keep it tuned to the Rockaroo. We're going to, you know, plan on, you know, now that we're in our season, we're going to plan on uh, spitting these things out once a week on Mondays. So keep it tuned either to the Rockaroo.com or Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get, where, wherever you like to get your podcast from. So uh, we'll be here to. Um, you know, since there's not going to be any baseball for a while, you, you're going to have to get uh, your baseball entertainment uh, from somewhere. So we're we're happy that you've chosen the Rockaroo. And I say that because if you're listening, that means you have chosen it. So if you didn't choose it, then you want to be hearing this and it's irrelevant anyway. And thank you. I forgot. I, I forgot the Go Rockies. Uh, it feels a little uh, forced, but Go Rockies. <laughs>